proving an innocent man guilty. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Our nation is in a unique time in its history. Um, We are beginning to look at the need for criminal justice reform. Um, There are organizations that exist today to try to look again at cases where there were questionable verdicts um, using DNA evidence and things like that to prove or disprove someone's innocence and crimes where they were convicted, um, largely on circumstantial evidence. And in many cases, the DNA evidence is overturning uh, previous convictions. And I think there's such an act of justice and mercy involved in that. And I really applaud the efforts of uh, those who are committing themselves to um, helping people who are wrongfully convicted um, be restored to their freedom. Um, I think we owe them a debt of gratitude and, and we owe those people who are wrongly convicted um, something as a society and taking years of their lives away in some instances. Um, and so I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to see uh, justice being done. And it's such a rare thing to see uh, that level of justice being done in, uh, in a world that seems so unjust. Um, and certainly there are, I'm sure, plenty more people uh, in jails and prisons who um, perhaps don't belong there, uh, who may never have their chance at freedom. Uh, but uh, we can be grateful that some are um, being uh, freed when they have been wrongfully jailed. And the passage that we're studying in Luke chapter 23, and we are moving on today, we're going to be looking at verses 8 through uh, 16. Um, Jesus is continuing to be questioned. Uh, He is now being moved from Pilate uh, to Herod, and Herod will have his shot at Jesus. And um, we'll see that at the end of this um, time of grilling and questioning, uh, the conclusion Herod ultimately draws is the same as Pilate, that there's really nothing about Jesus worthy of um, serious punishment, especially the punishment of death. Um, but um, we'll see that uh, these politicians eventually fall to the political pressure of the people uh, rather than doing the right thing. Um, there's always pressure uh, from others uh, when we're faced with tough decisions. Uh, the right thing is always the thing that we clearly have the most peace about in our hearts that we sense God's hand in. And sometimes it is the hardest thing to do because it may cost us the most. It might cost us as it relates to people's opinions. It might cost us as it relates to our effort and involvement in a situation. It might cost us emotionally. Uh, but doing the right thing always comes with a cost. And uh, it may not be the easiest thing, but it will ultimately be the most rewarding thing. And it will ultimately be the thing that... Um, Uh, We can rest easiest in our hearts knowing that we did. Um, And so these two men, Pilate and Herod, are under intense pressure from people who want to get rid of Jesus 
to find some reason to charge him with a crime. And uh, as we mentioned uh, a number of chapters ago, we would see this intensifying and this amping up against Jesus as we get closer to the cross. And we're really just a few verses away now from moving toward the cross. Uh, But today we're going to look at Jesus' trial in front of Herod. And uh, we'll see what uh, the Lord has to say to us through that, that passage. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you again for the opportunity to slow down and study your word. And we pray that your spirit would lead and guide us through it today, that you would um, surface in our hearts new insights and understanding that we might apply uh, to our own lives. And uh, we just give you thanks for your word, Lord God, and its dynamic way of speaking truth into our lives. And we pray that we would have the courage to listen and apply these truths as your spirit leads. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> this is Luke 23, 8 through 16. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one whom was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he's done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. <clears throat> so, uh, as the wheels of justice are turning, um, the leaders in charge of making these determinations have decided that there's nothing They have found in Jesus that would be worthy of the charges brought against him, especially uh, nothing that would deserve death. And so Pilate has determined he will uh, slap Jesus on the wrist and then release him. Um, But uh, you can see woven into this text the way in which the chief priests and the teachers of the law were working their agenda. They're vehemently accusing Jesus. They're amping things up. They're trying to stir up a frenzy. They're trying to get Pilate and Herod caught up in the fury of the moment. Uh, But despite all of their efforts, uh, Pilate and Herod uh, do their due diligence and they realize there's nothing uh, Jesus has done that would be worthy of these charges and certainly not worthy of their uh, demands that they that they kill him um, as a criminal, and so um, we can see that uh, they're so bent on their agenda uh, that they're failing to see that even the um, legal authorities are are unwilling to take action on what they've brought before them. Sometimes uh, we do get caught up in our agendas. Sometimes we get caught up in our desire to see this or that thing happen, uh, that we miss the forest for the trees. The truth is uh, negotiated away in favor of what we want to see happen. Um, And I think the reverse is something that we must protect. We must protect 
the truth and we must desire the truth and we must seek the truth and we must accept the truth. Um, we need to lay down our agendas um, and we need to be confronted with truth and we need to learn to process and accept truth. Um, and what's happening here is that the religious leaders are so um, determined to get rid of Jesus uh, that uh, they can't possibly see the truth. Uh, they're missing the truth entirely because they're so committed uh, to getting what they want. Um, do you know some people like that? Do you know some people that are so committed to getting what they want that they're impossible to talk to about the truth? I see people with agendas in our culture today. I see people working in anger in our culture today, an angle in our culture today, and they're unwilling to listen to truth. They're unwilling to wrestle with truth. They're unwilling to shift in their thinking uh, because they're so bent on getting their way uh, that the truth doesn't even matter to them. They've bypassed the truth a long time ago. And uh, they're determined for one thing, and that is to get what they want. And they will bend the culture, and they'll bend the law, and they'll bend every possible thing they can uh, to get their way. And we've seen in the last four or five years our culture bending to the weight and pressure of people who are working these agendas to try to fundamentally change the values of our culture, the priorities of our culture, the um, the things that make our culture work. And uh, they're opening the door to a Pandora's box of licentiousness in the sense of uh, we're giving license to anyone who wants to do anything and uh, we're not upholding truth at any turn. Uh, we, have given, uh, the, we have given ground uh, over and uh, we have shown that truth no longer matters in this culture. What matters is honoring what people feel. <laughs> well, my friends, our feelings can betray us, and uh, our feelings can lie to us, and our feelings can blind us. And in this case, what the religious leaders of the law were feeling, and what they were thinking, and what they thought they wanted, was blinding them to the truth. And I think our culture gets tripped up by that a lot. Uh, we move on tomorrow into the response of the crowd, and they we will see tomorrow that they continue to amp up the intensity and eventually get these two uh, weak-kneed political leaders to cave in. And uh, we know that these things all happen in fulfillment of Scripture uh, leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus. All right, my friends, thank you so much for hanging in there with me on this journey, this very slow journey through Luke's gospel. Um, and we are coming into uh, the part of this account that um, begins to get very difficult for us emotionally because we see the brutal things that happened to Jesus on his way to the cross. All right, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen and study. And I pray that this would be a fruitful time and that you would continue to consider these things in your hearts today. God bless.